Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We might be in a lockdown, but it's still a Friday. Which so. means here it is. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. COVID disaster payments have increased to $750. For the first time, people on welfare benefits will be able to claim an additional $200 a week if they've lost work. All right, let's uh, see whether or not we're on hold to this guy. How many departments we get passed around to. <laughs> Just a little joke. We're going to talk to Hank Jongen here. He's the General Manager of Services Australia. Uh, and Centrelink today have announced that um, you can start applying if you're out of work from the lockdown here in Brisbane. Yeah, so if you want to know how much you actually can get and how you apply, he's got all of the answers, don't you, Hank? Your call is important to us. <laughs> It's the first Good joke morning, you've ever made with us, Hank. We like that. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you what, we all have to call Centrelink, but we all dread it. Like, if, as someone who deals and works with Centrelink, do you, do you know the secret number to get straight through to someone? Well, can I tell you, um, mm. our call performance... <clears throat> Our core performance has been the best it's been in five years. Uh, We've mobilised staff right across the whole organisation to not only uh, staff the phones, uh, but also to process payments. But here's the good news. Mm. These payments that we're talking about, you don't have to ring us, you don't have to visit an office. The best way to lodge a claim is through MyGov. Oh, yeah, the app. So just remember yeah, your password and word and all that detail. So who who is eligible for it and how okay, much is it? Look, look, the first thing I've got to say is Queenslanders can't apply until 8am tomorrow, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. This is really important. There's no point trying to get an early claim in. So people who, that live or work uh, in a, a hotspot and have lost at least eight hours' work as a result of the lockdown, can claim the disaster payment. Now, if you've lost 20 hours or more, you get $750 a week. If it's between eight and less than 20 hours, you get 450. Now, the other thing I have to say about this is, if you've visited a hotspot, and Mm -hmm. as a result of that have been ordered into lockdown, you can also uh, claim this payment. What about if you were sick and decided to uh, self-isolate? I guess some people have uh, been waiting in a long time for their COVID results. Can they also do it because they need to self-isolate because of waiting for a result? Uh, Yes, they can. Uh, And look, there's another payment called pandemic leave payment, which is paid at the same rate. Look, I won't get... The answer's yes. Okay. Um, uh, And and, uh, as I said before... Uh, the best way to claim is, and, and what, what you can do right now is if you haven't got a MyGov account, create one. Mm. Because all you've got to do is w- then go to MyGov and click on a button that simply says government support for coronavirus and follow the prompts there. It's a bit, look, we've, so far we've paid well over 1.4 million claims. Wow. And we're generally doing it within a one business day of your uh, claim being granted. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and it's because people are doing it this way. Yeah, great. 
Hank, can I ask how you um, verify the hours that you've worked? Because uh, it's just a weird one that just um, occurred to me when we were talking before you came on. Um, my, well, a lot of my friends are stand-up comedians, and they only work like 20 minutes a night, but that's their, their <laughs> sure. income. So how do you, how do you um, say, look, I've, I've lost um, this amount of work and this amount of hours? Well, well look, there's two things, uh, two things in relation to this. Firstly, it depends on the nat- nature of what, how they're set up. If they're set up as a sole trader or self-employed or a contractor, then the place to go is the Queensland government because they're deemed to be a business. And uh, the, the amount you can receive is actually higher if you're a business. So what you do is you go to, and I've got the... You're doing it right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's your internet speed there? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, for a moment, I lost it there. Uh, but the, the email address is business.qld.gov.au. But look, if they're not a business, then what they've got to do is look at their past four weeks amount of work have a, a, and judge on the basis of that how much work they're likely to work, to lose. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense because they all would be sole traders or business. Yeah, then, so, yeah. yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Well, mate, we're, we're going to take all this info. We'll get this up on our Facebook page. Um, we really appreciate your time this morning, Hank, and um, thanks for coming on and letting everyone know. But the big thing is don't start processing till 8 o'clock tomorrow and do it via the MyGov app if you want the quickest results. Absolutely. Uh, look, just one other thing. People that are receiving income support payments job seeker payment, parenting payment, even age pension, if they've lost work as a result of the lockdowns, then they can also claim $200 a week in exactly the same way. Yeah, great. Great. Um, uh, one last thing for you, Hank. Just uh, just had a thought there. You Can you talk to your people there at Centrelink and let them know that for their on hold music, they should probably play B105 Brisbane? <laughs> Oh, look, that's a really contentious subject. I'm mm. not going. No, you should. Like, like, <laughs> no, I actually agree. I Song's support coming that as well. Up. Song's coming up. <laughs> like, if this was on and I'd been on hold for an hour, I'd be like, yeah, yeah man. Try to play it cool. Baby, I'm playing by your rules. I wouldn't even want you to pick up. And they go, your call's important to us. You go, yeah, we can see that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hank, thanks for all the info, mate. Really appreciate it. A real pleasure. Thank you. There you go. Hank Jongen on the air. He's a general manager of Services Australia with Centrelink. It's Stav, Abby and Matt. Like we said, if you've just joined us, we'll get you all the info on how to get those support payments from the lockdown onto our Facebook page. Search Stav, Abby and Matt right now. Stav, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Jessica Melbourne. Hi, great to chat to this lady. We love her and she's going to be a coach. On The Voice, Woo-hoo! Jessica Woo-hoo. Malboy. Good morning, lovely. Hello and good morning. We have pitched you for every single singing show that ever is. Remember, every time we go, oh, she's going on another show. But this is very yeah. exciting. How are you doing The Voice this and is. The Masked Singer, Jess? How are you doing that? Right? You know what? It's just magic. I'm just, I, I can be in two places at once. <laughs> Honestly, I like I had so many people asking me if I was on that show. Um, I even had family asking me if I was on that show. Um, but no, I, I wasn't. I am on The Voice. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just so crazy. I didn't think I'd be doing something like this, to be honest. Um, never, you know, in my wildest dreams, you know, I, I just, I think this has been the most highlighting moment, exciting moment I've ever done before. 
If, um, hands down. Yeah, sure. well, it suits you because you're not like a judge. You get to be a coach and you get to be a mentor. So I think because you've gone yeah. through it as well, you can actually go, come on my side, right? Like it's going to get competitive and you go, come on my team. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, even the whole selling point is just not, you know, it's not my gift. But like I, I had the most amazing time just coaching and being able to just be present and be a part of it. I think the whole concept of um, being a coach, being in the chair, um, not being able to see them as they're singing and, you know, pressing the buzzer because whatever excited you during that performance. Um, and then you turn around and it's it's a surprise, whatever that may be. I, I, I was definitely astounded by the level of talent um, with the auditioning at the blinds. Um, it was completely um, really impressive to see the diversity mm-hmm. um, of the artists. I think that's what really, really got me. Um, and and I, I just the whole experience, I mean, the, the, the visually, how stunning it was, you know, and, and putting the artists first and celebrating their magical performance was... Um, it's clearly the highlight for me. And I also imagine it's really fun when the chair spins around, huh? It's like, Wee! Oh, you know what? Yeah, just magically. Like, you just press the button and you just get to... <laughs> Wee! Um, no, honestly, um, it, yeah, it was just like the whole experience. I mean, from having this year, obviously, choosing an unlimited number of artists, but... Um, you know, that that makes it really tough <laughs> down the line. So cuts are heading into the later rounds, you know what I mean? So you could choose the number of, of artists that go on your team, but, um, you know, be aware there's there's a tough moment at, down the line because they're going to be cut <laughs> in the next round. So that was really difficult for me. I think also... I think not, you know, pressing the buzzer was really hard because there were so many amazing talents. Um you know, I just, I, yeah, I just couldn't help myself. I was that excited. Um, Jaw-dropping moments for me. Um, just the amazing stories that came out. And, and, you know, it wasn't only just about the voice, but, you know, how people really um, shone on stage physically um, and, and how they really kind of got us moving um, to hearing their stories was, um, yeah, was magnificent for me. Yeah, The Voice, it's premiering this Sunday, 7 o'clock, Channel 7. It continues 7.30 Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays. The lovely Jessica Malboy's on. Um, we know that it's been <laughs> a bit hard for you. You're engaged. You haven't been able to get the wedding away because of all the lockdowns and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that must be every time you're like, when are you getting engaged, yeah, Jess? No, and now you're like the dad going, that's <laughs> fine, hon. You got the ring. Don't worry about it. Just have fun. He's made an honest woman of you, finally. Um, you know I love you, Jess. I want the best for you. I love you. Uh, um, yeah. Yes. Um, you guys met when you were 18 on a dance floor in Darwin, which I just love that story. Sure did. did he approach you with a bourbon and coke in hand? Or or <laughs> I want to know what it played out like. You know, you always see those guys on the prowl in a nightclub in their right hands, the bourbon and coke, and they're just sort of back and Bye. forth in the corner just waiting to find a chick to scooch over to. Look, there's always a uh, like a <laughs> bourbon and coke in hand in Darwin, yeah. um, but yeah. honestly, um, it, it w- didn't play out that way at all. I felt like I was the one on the prowl, um, <laughs> Ooh, and okay. I just happened to be with eight of my girlfriends, and you know, it was a night that I hadn't seen them in in a few years, and um, you know, it just happened to be that particular night that I met him on that night when I was with eight of my girlfriends. So it just. Um, it, I, obviously, I, I always look at it as meant to be. Um, you know, I was having a really great time and we just connected and, you know, it, it just 14 years later, we're still together. What so it, what it's was pretty the wild. 
What song did you have your first was, um, bump and grind to? <laughs> <laughs> bump and grind. Um, I, I I definitely know it was. Um, what's, uh, what are they called? Um, Let's get married, baby. Oh. Let's get married. Um, oh wow! First of all, who sings that? R and B club. Oh, I like that. It. it was. It was, yeah. It was an R and B song. Jagged Edge. Um, Let's get it's, married. It's basically Jagged Edge. Yeah, we're not Let's getting get any younger. We might as well get married. No, <laughs> no are different you one, serious? Put me at the altar in your white dress. Oh my god. Oh, I'm going to Bali get another bourbon. You want? What are you drinking? What do you want? <laughs> and then her friends are like, "It's hey, the song." We have been out with you for so many yeah. years, and then yeah. you ditch us, Jess, this is for the first guy that you just. <laughs> Seriously, it was such a wild, just the way it happened. Um, I wasn't looking for anybody. You know, I was with eight of my girlfriends, and we were having a great time. And always, you know, just, I just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it just happened, and th- that song was playing. I when I think back, I just think, wow, it was obviously the, my my future was planned. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five. Yeah, the voice it kicks off uh, this weekend. It is back on. Jessica Malboy is a coach this year. She's still on with us this morning. We were just talking yesterday about how much we love this guy, and I was just wondering um, with Rita Ora joining the show, um, did Taika Watiti ever? Um, come by the set and watch any of the, the show being filmed? Um, I think that there was there was a time, I think um, it was during the blinds that we had him come through and, and um, yeah, I got to hang out with him and have a yarn and say hey and... and yeah, because him and Rita have been t- together for a while now, haven't they? Okay, hang on. Rewind. They're together? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just have been together for oh a God, while. Need- they hooked up when I they were so. here. No way! Yeah, oh Google, because if you okay, don't believe so. me. <laughs> I will. No, so she was I, I over here Google, filming, but, right? Um, and he was um, directing. What movie was he directing, Steph? Thor. Um, and does she make an appearance on it, or was just that she was here for the no, voice? But then they hooked here. They hooked up and had been, yeah, in Australia for a while together. And then they made their first red carpet <laughs> no. appearance yesterday or the day before for a Suicide Squad premiere. That's amazing. I now I know. Now what I know. What did you think he was doing there, Jess? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think our tigers just popped by. Guys, I'm. I, you know, auditioning. I'm not, like I'm not into like gossiping and all that kind of stuff. It's just not my <laughs> style. I yeah, just I just do what I do and do my life. Hey, so when they were pashing, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god, I just I can't see that. Heads up, Jess. Heads up for you. Um, Keith Urban, married to Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Love. I love Keith. Keith just had so much wisdom on the show. He he was like a father figure, to be honest. Every time he opened his mouth, there was like a halo came out. He's he's a phenomenal artist. I'm such a huge fan. And the fact that I got to share the stage with him and perform with him and just, just hear his wisdom was, yeah, was just so everything to me. So I'm I'm so happy to you know to share the stage alongside of him and and um, yeah just be a part of the show. To be honest, yeah, I'm a big Keith Urban fan as you well. Are. I love his music. Are you? Yeah. Do you know any of his songs though? What is what what song do you know? Oh, uh, see, Blue Ain't Your Colour is my favourite song of his, but no one else will know that because it's sort of a bit of an album track. What? It didn't make it to to radio as as much here in Australia. Oh, that's all good. Days Go By is my favourite song. That is a good um, song. Love that song. 
That yep, hair out. Why did you laugh at Blue Ain't Your Colour? Because she, she thought she was going to catch what? you out. She thought you didn't know any of his songs. I thought so. I was going to catch you out. I didn't oh. think you knew any of his songs. Oh, no, he, he, went, he goes to so all you know gigs. <laughs> you proved me wrong, and, and that's okay. You think you know someone, <laughs> we Jess? Ben. Just because you see him front row at your gigs, you presume that he didn't like anyone else's. But he goes around. Oh, that's that's <laughs> cheeky because usually you do get that radio host go, yeah, I love oh, all their yeah. stuff. And then they go, what's one of their songs? Oh, you know, just, just their hits. Them. All of them. You all know? the time. Yeah. All the time. No. Uh, Jess, so good to talk to you this Can't morning. Can't wait to see the show. Yeah, great to have you on. Oh. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. No, it is. It's, it's so deadly to be on and, and, and be a part of it and yeah, and just show true colours. So this is it. Nice. The Voice of Premier Sunday, 7 o'clock, Channel 7. Continue 7.30 Mondays and Tuesday. Jess Malboy, we'll talk to you soon. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Yeah, guys, I've got a theory, right? Yes. I've got a theory. Okay. Stick with me on this one, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, the Olympics have been a little bit sweary. Oh, after they win gold, they're like, have you got mm. a message for your mum? And she goes, you mum, I hated swimming. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> but no, they are, so, they are I finally did it. Now, yeah. oh, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. i got a theory as to why it's happening a lot, but it has been happening a fair bit, more so than any other Olympics uh, in history. Uh, we're not immune to it either. Um, the Aussies have done it. Kayleigh McEwen, she uh, swore after she won um, gold in the 100 metres backstroke. Here it is. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Yeah, oh, her mum said, I will be having a chat to her about her swearing after. <laughs> and say, well done, you're a meme on TikTok. Good job, darling. <laughs> See, that's your theory, isn't it? Yeah, well... Oh, yeah? I think I think you get... You stay in the news, you know, cycle a bit longer because it's like not just they won, but then everyone turns you into to videos online. <laughs> mm. uh, well, um, Adam Peaty, he's a Great Britain Olympian. He won gold in the men's 100-metre breaststroke and he swore too. Best person on a day who's the most adaptable and really wants it more. And uh, I'm glad. I'm just so relieved. We're very, very proud of you. Sorry about the swear and I'm very emotional. <laughs> are they live to air or are they pre-recorded and, and edited or...? No, I think that some have been live to air. It all depends on the event and if it's being live broadcast, but yeah, it's definitely happened live. Because some of them they beeped out themselves and I just didn't know if we were in slight delay. Um, maybe Not the people, I meant like sensor. the broadcasted. Yeah, BBC right. Was live, was it? Yeah. Right, so that the, one, because I just wonder if whether they catch the, whether they beep it or whether that swear word actually goes on well, the TV. Well, here, I don't mm. think he was sorry. I'm just saying. Like, he kept going and then goes, oh, yeah. by the way, like, I'm sorry yeah. about the swearing, but I'm just emotional. Like, mm-mm. Yeah, sorry. The great story about the decathlon and the runner and the guy coming uh, 23rd and decided to help his mate. Uh, we got, ended up getting bronze and he swore too. It's been wonderful races for both those guys that really needed to pull themselves through. Yeah. Well, he's off no, camera there, so... Oh, that doesn't count? No, doesn't count. Yeah, he's allowed. No, yeah. He's allowed to. Uh, and I do like this one because it's in a different language, so we don't have to uh, beep it. But the Chinese badminton, they couldn't hold back either. Oh, that language That's is the- disgusting. <laughs> I cannot believe they said that. That's the F word in Mandarin. Apologies to any of our Chinese listeners. Uh, but um, So here's why I think it's happening, right? And it's pretty, when you think about it, it's pretty obvious. It's because no one's there. Oh, like no one's in the crowd. 
no one's in the crowd. If there, were, if there was a big crowd there, and you know what it's like if you're on stage somewhere doing a performance and you see a kid in the audience, you go, oh, I better, better change what I was about to say. Uh, and it, feel, it must feel like, for them, like they're just a, a training session. So you, you know? feel like they think they're in the, the Big Brother house and they're not entirely sure if anyone's yes. actually watching it. Yes. Yeah, I don't mind that theory. I guess so. Yeah. So they're just being their true self. They're being their true self. It's they just they've just run a, a training session and they're pretty beeping tired. Then they'd be oh that was pretty um pretty beeping exhausted. And, uh, you know, but aren't they saying that more people have viewed the games this year because they are at home? So more people have watched on TV than ever yeah. before. Yeah, but they're not in front of them in, oh, okay. the, in the stadium. Yeah. You know, they, they're unaware outline. of that. Like, exactly like the Big Brother um, people. They don't know how many people. They could be scoring 1.3 million on the Monday, but they don't know that. It's kind of like where those people who have two 21st birthday parties, the one for the family <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. one with the friends where their true self comes out with the friends and then they put the nice <laughs> version on for Grandma because she's made an appearance at that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, it could be worth an experiment if we swore now to see how many people would ring in and complain. Uh, I think you just did in Mandarin, didn't you? Yeah. That's what really concerns me. Oh, I'm like, the amount of people that know Mandarin. Mandarin. I don't think you're allowed to swear in any country. Come on, Stav, you go. Any language, sorry. Go for it, brother. You no. go. <laughs> no, no, you're, actually, you're no, experiment, no, Chef. You're experiment. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm, I'm Give good. us your best I'm shot. Yeah, yeah, 13, no, 10, 60, right. if this word offends you. <laughs> Show us, Scottish man. What do you got? Bugger. Stav, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Stav, Abby and Matt. Save my marriage. No one goes into a marriage going, well, probably won't last. You know, you stand there at the altar or out in the garden, wherever you are, looking at the person that you're supposed to be spending the rest of your life with, but sometimes it doesn't go that way. 20-year-olds marrying 85-year-olds, I think, do go Oh, you did look at me like that. Okay, so... Like, there's a couple, but I I get what you're saying, but there is the odd one or two here and there. Morally, you're not supposed to say, this is only going to last, you know? Till death do (laughs) us part. part. They don't have that in the vows anymore. Don't they? No. I can't... You know what? I can't even remember what my vows said. Yeah. Hmm. We'll go back over them. Hey, but Cam and Frankie were the couple that said, look, we really need help. We're heading for divorce. Uh, We honestly think that that's our next step. If you can't help us. We have put them through counselling date nights. There has been a, a few, I guess, triggers or ongoing issues with it. And we thought everything was going really well. We we're like, oh, this is this is it. We've saved yeah, it. Lock it in. Until yeah. Cam and Frankie had a big fight, and it was to do with Frankie on the phone. Cam always says that she puts her phone first before mm. them. They were supposed to have a big chat that night. He came home, and she had taken a phone call from her family, which lasts for. Three hours. Yeah. They stopped talking. They were sleeping in different beds. He was he hit the bottle. Yep. And he openly mm-hmm. admitted that last time round. We're going to pick it up with Frankie's side of the story with the counsellor here and um, hear from her perspective how it went. I was just a bit occupied with the taking family phone calls, um, and it just happened to be at a time when he's gotten home from work. But when it comes to family, I haven't heard from. I need to take that call. So Cam doesn't have to feel like it's the phone or me. And Cam's default is I feel really upset with all these emotions that I'm going to stop past the bottle shop and grab some bottles on the way home. Would there have been a better way for you to approach the family call or Cam around this whole situation? Could there have been another way? I couldn't think of another way. Maybe if I had to drop the call. Where he's at at the moment is that Cam is brought his wall down so much 
that he felt that call was more important than what you're doing in your marriage right now. Okay. You're going to have these things come up. Yeah. But the most important thing is, is don't turn away from each other. I didn't turn away from him. He removed himself. Okay. I slept next to him and he removed himself. I thought, okay, I know he's he's not happy. I know he's upset about it. So maybe I just give him some time. Okay, so this is where you will fall into old patterning. I did feel like that it was falling back into the old way. You know, yeah. that, that, that just makes me like, it really makes me annoyed. It really does. But it's better it's that, fair and usually I would say something, but I didn't. Yeah. I just walked out the Good. door. But you left feeling angry, upset, like what was, you, how were you feeling? Like I don't care. Okay, so checked out. So same behaviour, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah, well, I don't care. I think you do, because that's why you're saying I don't care. <laughs> if anyone says I don't care or I'm fine, yeah. means that really, really not. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. To fall into uh, old patterns, though, isn't it? You've been doing that longer than you've been doing the new ones. It's really hard to open your heart when someone's done something that you don't like. Mm. I think the frustration for Cam is too, he's been very clear, very clear from day one. His first thing was you spend too much time on your phone and I feel rejected and I feel left out because you're on your phone for six hours with your family. So that that is going to be an issue, I think, for the rest of their lives, really. God, I hope Esther doesn't call up and say, I just come second best to TikTok. Oh, no, absolutely. I say, did you like that? No. Go and like it, babe. Go and like it. <laughs> but I think the difference here is, is he said that. He said to her, yeah, he's you know. openly and, said it. And she's mm. ignored that. So when you're going to counselling and you're saying, this is my issue, but someone ignores it, it what they're saying to you is, I don't care. Yeah. Um, the thing is here, um, the counsellor gives ideas to Frankie on how they can work through this, because this issue is going to be an issue for forever, because she's going to have to talk to her family on the phone at some point. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So how do they work through it? Um, we're going to get all of that from their counsellor next. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Stab Abby and Matt. Save my marriage. We do have a special podcast that's up for Save My Marriage, so you can follow all the counselling sessions and really you can go through it with them and it's free for you. Uh, Frankie and Cam are a couple that said we are heading for divorce if something um, drastic doesn't happen and drastic for the good and keeps us together. They've gone through counselling separate and together as well, date night, which was fun. We were like, this is great, until they did have a big fight because Frankie was on her phone for a few hours to family overseas and Cam was so hurt by it. He went to the bottle shop, he uh, then slept in a different bed as well, and they were just not talking to each other. Monday is decision day. They either work things out or walk away, and they haven't even given us any indication, really. We thought things no. were all sweet for a while, and then now they've taken a turn. Yeah, we thought it was all done and dusted pretty much for the best, and we were like, oh, this is, this is easy, uh, but it has taken a turn. So, will they uh, stay together or will they walk away from each other? We're going to pick it up here from Frankie's counselling session where um, Dr. Love says this is going to be an issue, the whole phone thing, throughout your entire marriage. Here are some ways that you can work through it. When we start to do things we know have triggered our partner in the past, so using the phone, these long calls, you know, moving myself out of the lounge room to go and speak in the garage or something like that. If we go into a default of same behaviour, that's old behaviour. Yeah. When you're doing old behaviour, 
what happens to Cam's behaviour? So it's back into the old way as well. Right, you're going to have to remind yourselves. I'm here for some time, but you guys are going to have to keep remembering. Yeah. And it might be just those words that you come up and you come up with a word for each other and you say, babe, let's just stay in the game. We'll stay in the game. I know you feel shitty at the moment, but just get back in the game with me. Yeah. Saying it to yourself. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I do. That's why I've checked out, because I do care. You're just trying to pretend that you don't care. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, because that's how I felt. I felt like over the com- you know, over the weeks, I have put my wall down as well to trust them, and and you know, we had a great date night and so forth. And and I understand overtaking a family phone call, but I understand yeah. that it wasn't yeah. just that. There was no communication with how I took the phone call, and when he's not happy, I'm not happy. Because I didn't think he was going to come to the table today, but then he was still here. Absolutely. He made the call and said, I'm sorry I can't be at work early because I'm working on my marriage. If he can do that with strangers, you can definitely do that with family. Yeah. I understand. I understand now. Yeah. Yep. Wow. What a stubborn woman I have been these last couple of days, haven't I? And I'm going to admit that. It's okay to admit that, yeah, I'm going to tell him. I just need to make sure that I put him first. And then I can work with my family. That's good of her to say that. Isn't it? Yeah. How's Cam, though, bringing work, saying I'm not coming in? I'm in the middle of a fight with my wife and we need to talk through this. Yeah. That's brave. Yeah, he's prioritised it, hasn't he? Like, he's I put it number one. I not know we do that to get a day off. That's what I mean either. <laughs> but having said that, I'm very much like I, if Esther and I are in a fight and I have something else to go to, I like that. I like that I can get away, but that's obviously not the right thing to do. No, stay and work it out. All yeah, right. your wife has to be there, though, guys. You can't just say, look, I'm working through things with my wife. She's at work. but You don't know how many we've got. <laughs> um, Monday, decision day. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. <laughs> I feel like I've peaked as a man because I've gone from a battery drill and my leaf blower and my hedger and I stepped out and I bought myself what every good man needs, and that's a chainsaw. Against the rules, too. You were told not to. My wife said I couldn't, which made me want the chainsaw so bad. So bad. Is a chainsaw the most manly thing? Like, what makes you feel most manly? Is it getting the chainsaw? Uh, yeah, I reckon owning it, having a chainsaw, because mm. then also to... You're your ultimate man because then you can lend it to men who don't have chainsaws. So you're the man with a chainsaw. <laughs> you, you know, you know can, what I'm can I be a man next step? week? Yeah. Can I be a man next you week? You don't have a chainsaw, chainsaw? No, I have an axe. That was, I, I was yeah. pretty happy with that. But um, So this, know, this I, is I, the thing. <laughs> when you have a job at your house that requires a chainsaw, I say, don't worry, mate, I've got a chainsaw. I'll cover you. But what do you mm. need it for? Is it just cutting wood? Because I can't imagine what you would need a chainsaw for. Uh, cutting stuff. No, and, no, but come on, mate. Like bits what? and pieces. <laughs> well, 
So we got a tree <laughs> cut down yeah. and I got a heap of, of it left underneath my uh, shed for firewood. Perfect for firewood and you've got to cut it down. I understand the, the that. The tree lopper left it in big pieces yep. and mm. they're too big to axe. Because he axe said, them. do you have a chainsaw and you were too embarrassed to go, do you mind cutting it down well, before you leave? No, he never He never asked me about he, that. It's just he, he was, just assumed. He he was assumed doing he it. Beard. No, he was doing it as a favour. <laughs> he was leaving the bits behind and cutting, cutting them up as a favour. And you know when... I can't be like, you said you wouldn't charge me for it, so I can't say, can you cut it into more convenient pieces? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to fit in my little fireplace. You know? nah, no worries, mate. Just chuck them out of the shed. So anyway, I went out and bought the chainsaw so I could chop them up. Now, I bought the chainsaw, what do you reckon, two months ago I told no, you? No, but yeah, ago. about six weeks ago you yeah. were raving about having it. I'd been hiding it from Esther because I wasn't allowed to have the chainsaw. She now knows about the chainsaw. So yesterday I used the chainsaw for the first time. Mm. I was so scared. Like I was, I was, I was so frightened of the chainsaw because when I started, I was like, "Oh, that's so loud!" Oh, so I put my earmuffs on. Did you <laughs> put earmuffs? No, on. that's good. I always protection. No, I, no, I appreciate that because Scotty doesn't use any protection, yeah. and it annoys the hell out of me. I know. Well, not me. I like mm. you know me. I'm I love protection so what much. I had a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just a t-shirt. And a pair of shorts no tank on. Top. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering, steel caps? Oh, why were you picturing me with a um, uh, like a like the arms ripped no, off? No, I just shirt. thought that you would have put on an outfit. Like I just thought <laughs> that chainsawing you would. Nah, I'm a high vis. <laughs> like if, this is not your everyday. No, I don't activity. chainsaw every day. I thought you would have dressed up for vacation in <laughs> your manliest clothes, a ripped t-shirt with my nah. steel caps. With my I did have steel caps on because I was barefoot originally. I went out there mm. barefoot, and once it started up and it was like, Burr! I was like, oh, no. Nah. Nope. I better put some safer shoes on. So I put steel caps on just to be, you know, because I had my foot on the piece of the timber and I was cutting of, it. Of course you did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in slow motion, I'm picturing. Does Do I still count as a man? If no. I borrow your chainsaw for Halloween? <laughs> well, put it this way. If you were doing that, I would take the chain off the chainsaw so you didn't cut yourself. So probably not. I'd have protection. I'd have my hockey mask. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I was trying to... The hardest thing, and I didn't even realise, as I'm sitting there, and my next-door neighbour, she was on her back deck, and I felt like she was watching me with the chainsaw, and so I had to read the instructions how to get the chain at the right, the right like, because if it's too tight, it doesn't spin. But right. I was too embarrassed to have the instructions out on the on the lawn, so I had them in the shed. So I would sneak into the shed, look at step one, Cram. come back, <laughs> come back, and then I'd forget a bit, so I'd have to go back into the shed. Have yeah, another you can't look. have a man using a. Using it with instructions. No, no, no. Because it was a big fold-out one, too. Like, it had lots Mm. of steps. But anyway, the wood's there. It's all cut Mm. up perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. all lined up out there, drying, making sure it's going to be nice and uh, and dry for the fire pit over the weekend. (laughs) And do me a favour. Hold up your um, your fingers. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I've got them all. But don't don't get me wrong. When I finished cutting it all up and I put the chainsaw away... I did say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> That's I really thought. I was like, every time I would have a cut, I'd be like, oh, please, God, please, God, help me, help me. And I had glasses on, and I was still looking away from it, like, ah! <laughs> Anytime you want to borrow it, mate, just let me know, and I'll swing it. Oh, of course, right. I'll get you like that. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. She's in front, Arnie Tippis. Everyone's in front. To become a legend, you have to beat a legend. Australia win gold, Ariane Tippis. She 
is amazing, was amazing there in the pool. I think it really showed Aussie spirit. Everyone came together, and th- that was the moment, her race, where I think people were like, yeah, the Olympics are on. Ariane Titmus is on the air right now. Good morning. Good morning. Congratulations on what was an amazing, amazing whole swimming event. So well done. Thanks. I was um, yeah, really happy with how it went. We, we spoke to your dad and he was saying that you're so calm and collective and you were like, okay, thanks guys, I've got to wrap up this call, I've got to you know, get hydrated and get to, to bed. You haven't even had a t- chance to really celebrate yet. Yeah, so it was pretty full on when I was racing. It was nine days and out of those 15 sessions I had three or four off, I think. So I was pretty go, go, go the whole time. So once I finished, it was more a relief of than anything and I was just happy to be able to relax but then now we're stuck here in um power spring so it's not like I can get home with my family my friends um celebrating I've got to do this two weeks of quarantine first how does that work there because I've seen photos I follow you on insta you're all in your like little separate rooms you were outside I think yesterday waiting for your um swab test your covid test yeah because you've all been mingling at the olympic village are you allowed to hang out together there at at the Northern Territory Quarantine well, Facility? Well, we, to- we were told because we were coming here so that we could have a bit more freedom. You know, we've been together for six weeks. We've been vaccinated, tested every day. Um, and so we thought we could probably, you know, have time to exercise here and have a bit of a walk around, that type of thing. Mm. But since getting here, um, we've been, t- you know, we were told that we can't leave our balcony and we you know, can't you know, go onto someone else's balcony and mingle. We can still talk to them, like, from across the balcony or talk to your neighbour, but you kind of got to stay in your area, um, which was, a, you know, a bit of a shock at the start, but I guess it's what we have to do. You know, half the country's in lockdown, so I think we prefer to play by the rules and um, yeah, do what we have to do. If you're on a balcony because you're allowed out, we know that your coach loves a balcony as well, Dean. Is he, <laughs> is he like, opposite you? Can you yell, yell out? Uh, he's not completely opposite, but he's like a cross, and I can look through the bushes and see him, and it's pretty funny. Every morning, all the coaches are up doing their Humping. exercise together. <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Dean's found a uh, a giant rock, and he's using that as his weight to do you know tricep <laughs> curls and bicep curls and all that type of thing. You know what coaches do, but but um, no, I'm kind of glad that I'm a bit further away from him. I can need a break. <laughs> Fair enough. So he'd be a, he'd be a bit intense. Yeah, and, tell and him what would, to do for what. <laughs> would you have um? Would you have normally stayed uh, when watched the rest of the Olympics, or do you always come home when your events are done, or just because of COVID you come back now? Yeah. So because of COVID, we had to leave within forty eight hours of our event finishing. So yeah. in the real in the normal world, um, you would stay on at the Olympics for the remainder of the time and on to other sports and go out and have fun and then go to the closing ceremony and that type of thing. So it's a bit disappointing that at my first Olympics I can't experience that. But I'm just happy that we got to go and compete. And um, aside from there being COVID and, like, you know, extra protocols and not being able to mingle and no crowds, I feel like the Japanese people put on an unbelievable Olympics. It was – I feel like it was still just as amazing as what it would have been if we, you know, didn't have COVID – lurking around. 
So now you live in Brisbane, you live here, um, your family moved here from Tasmania so that you could really concentrate on your swimming. Um, when you won those gold medals, did you think to yourself, oh, thank God, now my family can't be like, <laughs> we moved here for you! You're like, you come home with them clinking on your neck like, ting, ting, that's right, guys. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I'm very happy that I've been able to pull it off as such. Um, it was a big risk for them to move, but... You know, I don't feel really any pressure from them to perform. I think that um, now that we ha- do live up here, we love it. And I think regardless of my swimming, I think the whole family was happy to make the move and move to the mainland and live in better weather and um, have more opportunity, I think. So yeah. I think the swimming was just kind of the final push that made mum and dad move. Um, but, you know, I will be forever grateful to them. And I hope that they feel now that they can live with no regret and know that they did everything they could for their kids and um, yeah, I think they're happy with their decision. You know, we celebrate swimmers so much. You know that we love it here in Australia, but how hard is it for swimmers up and coming? Because we're talking about, you know, how you get your payment as well and we're saying that a lot of it's with sponsors and when we first saw you on the TV, my son yelled and goes, oh my God, it's the star of Harvey Norman ads. And I was like, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's a swimmer first, man. That's how she got the ads. But without, like, the sponsors coming on board, how hard is it for you to keep going, I guess, before you become to this level? It is pretty tough. Um in our sport, as, as an Olympic sport, first of all, it's really hard to make big money that, um, you know, pro athletes make, like, you know, basketball, golf, soccer, tennis, that type of thing. We just get paid nowhere near that amount of money. But for us, I think it's kind of like if you become Olympic champion or you're top three in the world or you're quite a well-known name and you've got a good manager and you can talk well and that type of thing, there are opportunities to make a decent amount of money and you can definitely live as an athlete and, you know, support yourself as an athlete and that type of thing. But then when you're in that weird spot where you're kind of like just about to try and crack on the team or even like not making finals at a international meet, you're kind of like fly under the radar and it's really hard for you to get your name out there and make some money. And that's when you need more resources to try and fund yourself to do things to get better and pay for massage and physio and try and get extra funding to get support at training and that type of thing. So it's really kind of a vicious cycle where you can't get on the team, so you get no money, so then you get no money to get better and it kind of keeps going. Mm. So um, to crack on, it is really tough. Hey, what's your PB for the 100 metres freestyle? My PB is 54.0. 54. What are you doing? Now you've heard that, you thought you might get sponsorship? (laughs) No, I was just wondering if I could run faster than you swim. I was just thinking about that, like if if you had a land versus water race to someone, like what would the equivalent be? Surely you'd be able to beat me. I don't know. Let's let's just leave it in the maybe land, shall we? Well, I raced some 12-year-olds, did the 100-metre sprint earlier this year and get some some, some (laughs) 12-year-olds. One of them beat me, Ariane. I was just thinking... (laughs) So this thing, there could be some, like, people would ov- often, like, your friends, now that you're, you know, you're at the level you are, whenever you go to a pool party, they always like, come on, let's race. Yeah, well, that's actually more my dad. Like, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> we, have, like, we have, like, a pool in our backyard, and if I, like, do a proper push-off, like, I don't even 
by the time I get to the other end, I haven't even done my first kick underwater. Yeah. But if we just if we just like push off and do like a few strokes, he goes, okay, let's do four laps up and back, which is like probably three strokes. Yeah. And he's busting his guts, and one time I let him win, he's like. Yeah, that's fully, like, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't tell him you let him win. He'll be devastated. Uh, hey, look, you've, you've inspired, I think, a lot of young kids who would want to make it to the Olympics in 2032, and you are so much uh, fun to watch and so exciting to watch in the pool, and it's going to be great to see the next Olympics for you as well. So thank you for calling through this morning. Thanks, guys. It was good to chat. Brisbane wakes up with Staff Abby and Matt on B105.